0: Alabama. You see, southern parts of USA is called redneck country. Oh, yeah. the rednecks are there. These uh, men who are usually, uh, you know, outdoor workers. Therefore, it says they have rednecks because the sun shines on the neck. They're very big and, and uh, uh, very patriotic, very all, all American, <laughs> and uh, you know christian anti-communist uh, anti-jew anti-negro anti <laughs> every, everything except what they represent you know very often they're members of the ku klux klan <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that that's called the deep south that's uh georgia and florida part of florida of course when you go down to miami then it's completely wild but The upper part of Florida is like that. And uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, these states. So Alabama is especially, especially known for this mentality. And then on the southern coast of Alabama, there's a town called Mobile, Mobile, Alabama, which, I mean, it's a town that, uh, I mean, when you see the people on the street, I can only say you have to see them to believe them. That's all I could. I won't even try to describe it. Is connected with Mobile Oil? No, no. no. Yeah, the town is called Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. There's been a few songs about, with a name in them. Anyway, uh, so we went down to Mobile, Alabama. And uh, another thing we used to do is an apartment uh, in the United States as, as well as here they have apartment complexes usually not like in these in eastern countries they're going up very high no 20 floors not like that usually only a few floors but covering a big area big big neighborhood of apartments and uh so the uh, our party was going door to door in these apartments and then somebody called the police we didn't know it. We were still going in buildings and everything. We didn't know it, so we kept on distributing. And then uh, when we were done, when we wanted to leave, we went to our car and uh, we saw that the the drive out of the parking lot was blocked by police cars. And we thought this was strange. And so we were getting to our van and, we go, and then suddenly the police came. This was in the evening, this was at night. They came with their flashlights and they arrested us. They put us in the car. And uh, How many of you were there? Uh, three or four. <coughs> so it was, uh, yeah, a quite colorful experience. The policeman who was driving us to the station, uh, he had next to him his shotgun. And we were sitting in the back of the car and he just turned around and he looked at us and he said, If any one of you thinks of jumping out of this car, I will use this. He was holding the shotgun. <laughs> and then, then he brought us to the station. And when we came in, you know, we were as devotees, so all the police were coming out, you know, <laughs> their offices and looking at us and laughing, you know, they were all like, ah! Like, disappointing. They were very gross and rude to us. And, uh, and, uh, oh well, now I just remembered another story that's even better. <laughs> but anyway, I have to finish this one. Anyway, we got thrown in jail for the weekend. And, but, uh, actually, was, at one point, some policemen, some detectives, they took a little mercy on us because we couldn't eat the food in the jail, so they bought some nuts for us. They went out I and mean, even brought some nuts and mm. brought us some nuts so that we could eat. Then we went, uh, then what happened was, is that a uh, devotee named Sri Balaba, who was with Vishnu Jan Maharaj in uh, Louisiana, which is the next state. Uh, we, we made one telephone call to New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, left a message at the temple that we've been put in jail at Mobile, Alabama. So Srivallava, he called up the governor of Alabama, George Wallace, who's very famous, now he's dead, but he was very famous. He was a very famous, very conservative, right-wing politician. He was very famous in America in the 1960s for being against uh, equal rights for black people, you know all of this very heavy person so he called Sri Balava called up Governor Wallace I don't think he talked to him personally but he talked to his secretary and he, he was talking in a in a in the southern dialect although Sri was from New York so he doesn't normally talk like that but he was talking in the southern dialect and uh, telling him we sent our preachers over to your state and you threw them in jail <laughs> all they were doing was preaching about the world of God. Now, we don't consider this to be a very human lack. <laughs> so, then anyway, we went to... Some, I don't know if, if anything... I don't know what the result of this phone call was, but all I know is on Monday, because we were arrested on, on Friday night, So, the court only comes in session on Monday, so we had to spend two days in jail. And, uh, so we came to the court, it was a really far-out scene. I mean, they, 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 there were, there were all kinds of very colorful characters in the jail. You know, there was one fellow telling me he had been arrested because uh, he had two wives, and so forth and all kinds of really far out characters really like out of the story out of Huckleberry Finn or something they're really telling colorful stories then we were brought in before the judge and uh, I when we came in and I saw this judge I couldn't believe it <laughs> he was uh, he was a small guy with a brown suit and he had greasy hair, which was parted down the middle, you know, combed on either side, (laughs) from the middle. And he had little round sunglasses. And and, uh, he had a real mousy kind of face, you know. He was just looking at us like this. And I thought, oh my God, what's going to happen here? I mean, we have to, he's going to judge us. (laughs) I thought, you know, we may end up, you know, working on the roads for the next ten years, well, this is what they do sometimes. You get uh, punished say, by having to build the roads. They have these prison gangs that work on the highways, you know, they you wear a chain on your leg with a big ball and, you know, <laughs> break rocks and things like that with someone with a shotgun watching So, then, uh, we were the first ones. Oh, oh, yeah, the other thing The other thing was, is I looked out at the courtroom and I, I mean, I don't know if I was seeing things, but it looked to me like everything. The whole courtroom was filled. There was a hundred people there sitting, watching. Mm-hmm. And they all had the same face as this judge. I thought it just for a second. It looked like everyone was also <laughs> like this the same strange face. And I thought, oh, no, this is hopeless. And there were these, uh, kind of, you know, fans like an India standing overhead, you know, in the courtroom. And then the judge, he turns to the, what is called, the bailiff, who's like his assistant, and he says, Bailiff, what are the charges against these here more? <laughs> and then the bailiff said, Sir, soliciting selling books door-to-door without a permit. And then the judge looked at me, and he said, how long it gonna take you to get out of town? And I said I said, I don't know. I don't even know what happened to our car. You see, I, I don't know what the police did with our car. I don't know anything. And then he then he just said, Well let me put it to you this way, boy. You got half an hour to get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> so then he just let it go. And we went down, and we got our car, and we just drove the left mobile out of them. You mentioned in another story. Yeah, that was in a place called Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island, which I always thought was a very nice town. Uh, that was back up in... Uh, this, this was before, this was when I was still in the Boston Temple. And we used to really like Providence, Rhode Island. And... Uh, at this time we came, yeah, we were we were doing Harinam, Harinam down on the street and distributing books, and they had a very nice walking, shopping center in the middle of town. But there were some envious shopkeepers, and uh, one, I think we came, uh, I think it was in, it was some holiday season, probably, Christmas season, when they're even open on Sunday. Even on Sunday, they're open because of the Christmas season. So, on Sunday, I think they have a special uh, crew in the police station, you know, that aren't normally there Mm -hmm. through the week. So, these envious shopkeepers, because there was one policeman downtown who was very friendly to us. We never, you know, we always thought Providence was such a nice town. Because there was a policeman who who worked downtown. He was, you know, the downtown policeman. He was always very nice to us, you know. Very nice. He always greeted us with a big smile and said, Hare Krishna, and how are you doing, boys? You know, he was very, very friendly. And uh, so these shopkeepers, they, they were very dissatisfied with him because they would complain to him. And all he would do is, you know, after maybe ten complaints, they might come to us and say, maybe when you when you do your on next time when you come by, you should stand more in the middle, because these shopkeepers, you know, they're saying, you're making too much noise for the customers, so just stand in the middle of the walking street, don't come near the doors. This is the most, he would tell us, and he would be very friendly, and kind of like, you know, those guys, you know, <laughs> how they are. You know, we have to do something. So then these shopkeepers became very dissatisfied with him, so they called the police station directly. and. Uh, on this day, there were some real demons in the police station. So they came driving down the walking street with one of these big black wagons, you know, like they bring out when there's a riot or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we saw this thing coming, and we were wondering, what is this? And then it stopped right next to us. And then all these policemen got out. And our friendly policeman, he was looking like, what's going on here? He couldn't believe it himself. All these policemen got out and they stopped us, all right, stop. You know, they're taking the dungas away from us. Let's see your identification. And then they were, you know, and all the people were standing around too, watching. It was, you know, they were, they were looking, what's going on? And then they were having us, you know, they were devoted. They're having us stand up like this against the car and searching us for weapons, you know. And then they put us in the back of the van, slammed the door, took us to the police station. And we could see there were, these guys were real demons. So we started chanting in the Sringa, you know, the dumbest in other and, uh, and then they were up front, they were making jokes. They were calling in the station, Listen to this! And then they were putting the, the microphone, you know, through the window, so that the people in the station could hear the, uh, our kirtan. And then when they came to the station, then they were very brutal. Well, they opened the back door because we kept chanting and they started beating us because they wanted us to stop chanting and uh, but we kept chanting and then finally uh, they brought us in they were pushing us, pushing us inside and brought us into this one room and there was this big demon and he had a big wooden club and he started to beat the devotees he hit me in the head to make, to make us stop chanting so finally we stopped chanting <laughs> and then and then I mean, then, you know, I can't even describe what happened next. It was just these there were these different policemen there, and they were making fun of us, and they were using the most dirty, obscene language, calling us all kinds of names. They were all talking at once, you know, in different movies. We were all sitting together, and they were just saying all kinds of dirty things. And uh, one guy was talking to me, he said, and he said, you're lucky, you're lucky it's not 20 years ago. You know what we would have done with you 20 years ago? We Why? We might have just uh, beat you up, beat you up completely bloody, and then take you down to the river and throw you in. Or we might take you down to the railway station to a freight car, and we throw you all in the freight car, close the door, and nail it shut. Then <laughs> <You know? laughs> the train would take us somewhere. <laughs> he was talking like that to me. But uh, you see, these these characters—they were—they uh, had no independent power. Their their chief, before they could really do anything, they had to consult with their chief, who was, who was at home. So they called him and they explained the situation. He said, "Oh, oh, I'll come right down myself." And so he came down, and uh, he came in. You know, and he was—he he was real concerned, like, uh, "What's going on here?" then he saw us and then he was talking with us you know what are you doing and then we explained what we're doing and then he was you know started to ask questions you know and then these other guys these real heavy demons you know they were sitting there watching well what is he doing you know he was actually asking more you know then he started to ask philosophical questions (laughs) then these guys these other demons they were getting really fried you know what's wrong with him you know we don't want to hear this stuff they were all getting up and going out they were becoming really you know Really disturbed, but they couldn't say anything now because he's he's their boss. And then finally, he said, he said, uh, so what was it you were doing in the town that made it made uh, everyone angry? He said we're uh, we said we're chanting Hare Krishna. What's that? Then we gave him a card with the Maha mantra, and says, This, and and then he said, how do you say it? You know, then, <laughs> then we were teaching him. You know, and then he was also saying the Hare Krishna mantra <laughs> from the card. He said, now I want to hear what it sounds like when you make the music. <laughs> And then, then, then we started playing the kirtan, and, then, and then, uh, then he was listening. Then he also started to chant, and then, and then he said, and, and do you dance? He so said, yes, and then we showed him how to do the Swami steps. So, you, you know, the, these other policemen, they, they were completely finished. And, you know, we were having a kirtan, and, he, and the chief, he was, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. He had his hands up, and he was chanting, and he was very blissful. And then, he, uh, then he, he took us, you know, to, took us out. He was walking with us outside the police station and shaking our hands. And sorry there was any trouble, you know, just a misunderstanding. But please don't think badly of the police, you know. Sometimes we also make a mistake. <laughs> so that, yeah, that second story is better because it has a happier ending. me. It's victorious I mean. the United States is a dangerous country so doing sanctitum in the states can be heavy I remember one time in Florida we were doing these apartments and I came to one door, I knocked on the door and I heard a woman inside And she asked, Who is it? There was something strange about her voice. She sounded very afraid. And I explained, I'm from the Hare Krishna movement, we're going door to door selling books. And she said, Just a minute. And then I could hear in there she was talking with somebody else, some man, behind the door. They were talking like, you know, little agitated voices, whispering like this. And then, and then uh, all at once, I, I was just standing in front of the door and all at once this woman she pulled the door open and she then she went behind it, you know, she like pulled it like this behind so the door suddenly flew open and then there was a man standing there with a revolver like this, you know, right in my face. And I thought, Oh Krishna, this is this is the end. <laughs> and then, then he went like this and then he, he kind of like, Whoops, it seemed like he was expecting somebody, you know, Some, some I don't know, if they, maybe they were gangsters, I don't know who they, who they were, but it seemed like they were expecting someone to, who was going to do them harm, and they thought I was that person. And uh, but then, then he looked, and then he looked at me like, oh wait a minute, you know, and then he put the gun down. <laughs> He said, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> and then, then, uh, then the wi- then his wife came around. And she looked, and she was embarrassed. You know, like, "Oh, oh, it's not you." Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know what. Maybe they were having an illicit relationship, and she maybe she thought it was her husband would come or something. I don't know what it was going on. But then they bought books. You know, they were like so, so relieved that uh, it wasn't who they thought it was. You know, they, and they felt bad that, you know, they had pointed a gun at me, so then they bought books. So it was nice. But I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> if you distribute books in the United States, you can sometimes meet in such situations like this. <laughs> and, uh, what to ask you about today? How is going distribution there? Huh? Uh, about today, how is it going? Today? Yes. In the United States? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm out of contact. I can't say. But all I can say is, the devotees who are distributing in the United States, I think that they will attain a very special place in the spiritual world because um, I think it's very difficult to distribute books there now. So those who are bravely soldiering on, despite the difficulties, they're very strong devotees. Why do you think it's so. <laughs> difficult? Well, uh, I think he would be better to speak about on this, but uh, my impression is, is that uh, devotees have distributed already so many books, and sometimes they were using incorrect tactics, you know, to sell the books which later brought some bad opinions among the public on the Hare Krishna movement. And there's scandals like the Robin George court case, you know, and so on. And there's a you know this uh, anti-cult movement. they always making propaganda. So then you know it's it's it has become tough. And Americans are also you know they they can be very uncivilized. <laughs> I mean when you deal with them, and sometimes they're, I mean generally Americans are very very friendly. They're uh, most friendly, open people in the world, perhaps. But there's always a class of, you see, the, among the Americans, the, the thing is, is to be open and express your opinion. So if you meet a demon in America, then he's a real demon, he's, I mean, I don't think you meet such persons in Europe, you know, mm. where, you know, I mean, he's real, he, he speaks so badly and, are, you know, at any moment ready to do violence, and, uh, you know, ready, just want to make you trouble. So these kind of people are there. And, and they organize themselves sometimes to make trouble against the police. Mm. So uh, it's tough. But Rohini Sutra the Buddha, has been there recently. And he said book distribution is picking up again. So he was here. He said he's going out there again. Yeah. Now it's 658. Aha. Thank you. Uh, Krishna Reservoir world All in English. And uh, it was a not long letter, one page, but he was saying, I have read this book and it's so very nice. And uh, now I want to ask you if you can somehow give me Bhagavad Gita. Because I have read in this book, uh, Krishna Reservoir of All Pleasure, that simply by uh, studying the Bhagavad-gita, reading the Bhagavad-gita, Lord Krishna's words to Arjuna, one can attain his spiritual form. And he said, I find this so amazing, so I definitely must get this book. And I will read it again and again. And in this way, I can attain my spiritual form. So anyway, Quoting Prabhupada from the, yeah. he was saying in his letter, Srila Prabhupada says this, this part about simply by uh, reading Bhagavad Gita one can attain one's spiritual form. So he, uh, I was showing this letter to other devotees and saying, he's already a bhakta. Mm-hmm. He's already completely convinced about Krishna consciousness. Just for me and Krishna, Krishna read the pleasure, well, which after all is a very small book. I think there's hundreds and thousands of these experiences all over the world going on constantly. Srila Prabhupada's uh, book distribution uh, is actually his preaching. Some people say Srila Prabhupada has left the planet. But actually through book distribution, Srila Prabhupada is preaching. And we see his Baba, he's, he's the best preacher. <laughs> I've seen practically uh, when someone comes to the temple after having read a book, uh, they, be, they become the best devotees. You know, if that's the reason why they come. Uh, we're, we've seen devotees come to the temple for the first time. They're coming from nowhere. Nobody ever contacted them. Uh, nobody knew who they were. And they suddenly come. And, and either they, sometimes they're coming just to join. You know, they just uh, decided from reading the book, now I must become a devotee. Or they're coming for their first experience, but one can see already they're very convinced. They come in the door completely convinced of Krishna consciousness. And, uh, you know, after a few visits, then they become devotees. And then these devotees, they go on to become book distributors. Mm. It's it's always like that. Those who come from reading Prabhupada's books, that they are the best Bhaktas, and these are the ones that go on to become book distributors. So, Srila Prabhupada, he's, he's not left his come, he's preaching, he's the best preacher still. <laughs> he's bringing and these devotees are becoming a hupak distribution. So, all glories to those who have dedicated themselves to assisting Shri Mataji in his preaching mission. As it is going on now in the form of tantal book distribution. It's wonderful, actually, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has made a promise de devotees. He is told uh, that whoever you see, uh, you just tell him about Krishna. This is his instruction. That, uh, what is that? Krishna or Pradesh? Yaredes. yeah. Whoever you see, Tarakaha, you tell him, you speak to him. Krishna Pradesh and instruct him about Krishna. Uh, and in this way, you become Guru, Amara Agyaya Guru, from and uh, engage in this mission of saving the world. So he spoke this verse to the Kula Brahmana, who wanted to go with him on his tour to South India. So Machi Tarni was telling him, no, you don't come with me, you stay here and you preach. And then in the next verse, Lord Chikani made a promise. Uh, He said in this way, I will always be with you. Uh, If you follow this instruction, and whoever you see, you give them Krishna Upadesh, which Krishna Upadesh is certainly there in Sri prabhupadas books. It's the solidified form of Krishna Upadesh. So, Lord Chaitanya promised, I will always be with you, we will never be separate in this world or the next. So, he's given his, his promise that uh, anyone who engages full-time sacred mission, then uh, he's always in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's personal association. So, you know, I my service, This Krishna Consciousness movement, among my services, uh, I'm initiating spiritual master. You are always engaged in my service. Now, I want to reciprocate with you. I want to give you a benediction. So, you must ask for one." And first, Quraysh, he was even too shy. My dear God, I'm fully satisfied with my service. No, no. You must ask for benediction. So, then, Quraysh, he thought for a minute, and then he said, I want to attain shelter at your lotus feet. eternal, I was to attain eternal shelter at your Bodhisattva. So, Lord Ramana, he said, that's no problem at all. Not only have you attained eternal shelter at my Bodhi's feet, so anybody who is connected with you, uh, he also has attained shelter at my Bodhi's feet. So, then when news of this got back to Srila Lāmaduja who is the spiritual master of Quraysh, Ramanuj became ex- exceedingly ecstatic. He began to dance, and he threw his his top part, its uttadiya, uh, into the air. And others were seeing him, other devotees, and they asked him, Guru Maharaj, why did you become so ecstatic at this news? And he said, because what Ramana has promised Quraysh, that anyone who is connected with Him will attain eternal shelter at His lotus feet. So, I am connected with Him, I am a spiritual master. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like that about uh, those disciples of mine, who are engaged and surrendered themselves to sanctification. Shefani Mahaprabhu has made this promise that He will always give them the, uh, His eternal association. Then I consider the story of Kureish or Rangana, and I think that this association must also extend to those who are connected with the Sanctus the Buddhist. So then I feel like in this way I will also get the association of Mahāprabhu. I wanted to ask about your experience. When you were uh, in the in early days, when you were younger, you wanted, I mean, the first time went to Sancti And if you had some also, some special experience yes. you distributed the uh, books in some un- uncommon circumstances like that. Well, when I was going out, <coughs> in the beginning, we were wearing dogees. In which year was it? Oh, that was, uh, I believe, 1972. In America? Yeah, in the United States. So uh, I started uh, uh, doing book distribution the temple that I joined, which was in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. And uh, we would go out myself and go on the Brahmacharis. Sometimes, sometimes we would have 11 Brahmacharis in such a and some books and our program in in the very early days was to go to a town and we'd make harinam on the streets and then after that then we would distribute books so we would uh, go on the streets, go on the shopping centers, anywhere we would go, also going door to door sometimes, and uh, in universities. And it was all very new. It was new for us, and it was new for the Karmis. So because it was new, it was very innocent. Actually nobody, we never really had any trouble. No one ever called the police on us, or... No one objected, because it was all so new. So it was very sweet. And then at night we would always find some monastery, like that, Catholic Church, and uh, we would take rest here. So we were, we were traveling like We were presenting ourselves as monks, and uh, we lived like monks. And I thought uh, there was great potency in that actually. That uh, when you present yourself as a monk, and you actually living, as I said, <laughs> Eleven monks in one blanket. <laughs> the people would see that they all they're very austere. <laughs> and then, you know, going to the monastery at night, you know, begging from the Catholic priests, can you give us a room? We are humble monks of the Vaishnava order. <laughs> Their hearts would immediately well. Uh, not a very sectarian consciousness when they would invite us in and, and we'd take rest there and get up and do morning programmes. Some of them would come to a morning program and hear the class and, and ask questions. You can go with the No, no, our morning program in the, in the you know, usually me, mm-hmm. in, in, in like the monastery, seminary where they train the priests. Uh-huh. There's a In this New England area there's a lot, it's a big Catholic area, uh-huh. so there's a lot of them. Uh, or church, you sleep in a church sometimes, we just ask, uh, where is the, where's the uh, priest? and someone would give us his address because they'd be at home and we go knock on his door and we ask, can we sleep in your church tonight, he would give us the key. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of, you know, primitive and naive and and maybe, I don't know, maybe the sanctitum devotees today would think this this style is, is too, you know, maybe a little too slow or too too spaced out, I don't know, but actually I, I must say that there was one who felt very protected, you know, very protected, and it was very innocent, also very sweet, innocent. And I mean, this was in the beginning days of book distribution, so what can we say about results? Our results then were nothing compared to today. Of course, in those days, whatever we were doing, that was considered <laughs> fantastic, you know. If a boy would come back after and said, I distributed. You know, five Krishna books today, all day we would go, jai wow, far out. <laughs> Everyone would become ecstatic. And what year was it? This was nineteen seventy two. So that's that's how it began for me. And then